0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. All right. Welcome back to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Garvin. You know where to find me on Twitter, at RayGQ. The DDP is a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts, and you can find this show pretty much everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. The DDP is there. iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, You can also check us out on DynastyLeagueFootball.com, as well as a bunch of other great shows from Superflex, IDP, Analytics Film. We got everything that you're looking for over there on DLF. But man, week four, college football is in the books, and we actually have a decent sample size. It's small. I know it's only four weeks, but there are some trends that have been happening in the collegiate game. There's some things that have gone on in the NFL world that sort of should start shaping our decisions in Dynasty and in Devi. For one second, let's talk 2020. Let's talk 2020 draft picks because that seems to be the wave. That seems to be the flavor of the year right now. 2021, I gotta get as many as I can. No, no, get as many 2020 seconds and thirds as you possibly can. Well, let's talk about the strategy here just for a minute. There are so many ways that you can sort of formulate this or so many different directions. You can take this conversation and perspectives and opinions on how to value these 2020 picks, but I'm going to try to just keep it really short, sweet, and simple. Either you're a contender or you're a pretender. And the advice that I'm going to give you now, it's going to fall into one of those two categories. Now, it's only three weeks of NFL uh, has taken place so far. But if you're a team who drafted Andrew Luck and Melvin Gordon, Damian Williams, hoping that he was going to be the guy in Kansas City, Tyreek Hill, Ben Roethlisberger, some of these players who have not performed right now, whether that be through injury, retirement or situation, you can look at your roster and be realistic with yourself and say, man, this is a team that probably isn't going to win it. Or, you know what, I'm one piece away from probably taking this whole thing. So, let's look at the pretender. If you're a team who drafted Andrew Luck and Melvin Gordon and Tyreek Hill, and you have started off 0-2, probably 0-3 after Sunday, and you're looking at your roster from top to bottom, and it really does not look like you're going to win the championship in your league, the worst place that you can be, the absolute worst place you can be is in the middle. You want to either win it all or have an opportunity to win it all, or you want to pick really, really high in 2020. If you are a pretender, let me tell you right now, do not sell your 2021st. Do not sell your 2020 seconds for some NFL player that you think may push you over the hump. Well, I'll just get rid of this 2022nd and I'll grab, you know, Emmanuel Sanders and Matt Breida and I'll be, I'll be right back in the hunt. Don't do it. Just chill out. Take your L, accept the fate that the fantasy gods have dealt you, and just chill out and wait until 2020. Wait until the draft to move those picks. Do not sell off these assets now with the hope of maybe squeaking into the playoffs only to lose in the first round. Now, some of you listening may say, well, Ray, you never know what can happen. I just want to make the dance and anything can happen. Absolutely, you are correct. You may make the playoffs and win it all. But the odds probably aren't going to be in your favor. And I'll tell you right now, that 2022 is going to be a hell of a lot more valuable come March and April than it is right now by you trying to sell it off to maybe make the playoffs. Just chill. Just chill. I'm sitting in, I'm sitting on 2021 that I know are probably gonna be pretty high. And you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was ready to sell them off for Leonard Fournette and Joe Mixon. I'm chilling those picks are going to sit, collect dust, and just wait. They ain't even collecting dust. It's in a high interest bearing account right now. And I know that when the time comes for me to cash out and sell, I'm going to make five, 10 times whatever I could have made right now at this point in the NFL season, selling that pick for a Leonard Fournette. So just relax Don't do any rash things with those picks right now if your team is looking like it's not going to make the playoffs and you're going to be picking relatively high in the 2020 draft. Now, let's switch gears and talk about the contenders, the teams who realistically have a shot at winning, but you're just a person away. You're just that one RB2 away, a tight end one away from solidifying your roster to truly make a push to win it all. The name of the game here isn't let's just collect picks for the hell of it. We want to win dynasty championships. We want to be the champ in our home league and our work league, you know, in the scotfish DLF leagues that are all over the place. We want to win. So if you've got a strong team right now and you're sitting 2-0, 3-0, and it's looking like you're just going to keep piling on the W's, but you just know you need to shore up that wide receiver core... Go ahead and sell off that 2022 to acquire a, a talented wide receiver. You know, preferably a receiver with some youth that's got some years left in Dynasty. But if you were to have sold, you know, that 2022nd or 2021 to a panicking Mike Evans owner last week, and you know you had a strong team and you believed in Evans and you got him on your roster and he blew up for 190 and three today, you're feeling pretty doggone good. And I think that's a very wise investment as a dynasty owner to get Mike Evans or a caliber of player of that sort off of a panicking owner. I saw the 2022nd last week for Joe Mixon. Now, Mixon scored today and he looked a lot better, but I've got a strong team. Joe Mixon paired with Christian McCaffrey, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Mark Andrews, Austin Hooper, Dak Prescott. That's the team that I'm working with. Am I going to win the title? I don't know, but damn it, I know I'm going to make the playoffs and I should have a pretty good shot at winning it. So I had no problem selling off that 20-20 I threw some more people in that deal. It wasn't just straight up, but you're either a contender or you're a pretender. And if you're selling off picks right now and you're looking like you're going to be bottom of the barrel it's just not a wise move. It's not a wise move. I know it's hard to resist the urge to make the trade. I know it's tempting. I just want to make a trade. We all got that trade itch, but you just need to lock those picks up, throw away the key, forget the combination. Don't even think about it. Hold on to them. And I'm telling you, I am telling you, after Henry Ruggs goes out there and runs a four-two-nine at the combine, after Jerry Judy looks explosive in all his lateral agility jails, and Jonathan Taylor runs fast, those picks that you sat on right now, people are going to be giving up everything in order to acquire. Damn it, you're talking about a 2021st, a 2022nd, 2023rd. Those players, these players that are potentially coming out are crazy. Crazy talented. So just resist the urge. Wait for a second. Hold off. Don't think about it unless you are in a position to potentially win your fantasy league championship. Then there's no problem. Go acquire those talent. Go acquire that talent because the name of the game is winning, not just acquiring picks. Let's talk about some standout performances from the quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers from week four of the college football season. And I'm kicking this thing off with Iowa State quarterback Brock Purdy, 435 passing yards, three TDs, one INT, 75 rushing yards, and three touchdowns on the ground. Brock was a freaking beast for Iowa State, looked really, really good, 2021 eligible, like seeing his maturation from the pocket, and he he does have that playmaking ability when things break down to run, and that's evidenced by 73 yards and three TDs. Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez 327 and three 118 yards on the ground. We know Martinez can do it on the ground. He's a very athletic quarterback, but seeing him go for 300 plus through the air and three touchdowns absolutely outstanding. LSU quarterback Joe Cool Joe Burrow, man. This guy is climbing up everybody's boards from NFL Draft, Dynasty, Devi, Joe Cool, three ninety eight and six, man, and he looked damn good doing it. I, I'm telling you right now, Joe Burrow probably went undrafted in the three four round Devi draft, uh, Devi drafts over the summer. Man, that 2020 pick that people kind of throw out, and this is why you don't just. Negate or don't even, you know. This is why those 2020 picks after a Devy draft are important. A lot of people say, "Well, doesn't the Devy draft uh, diminish the 2020 or your NFL rookie draft pool?" To a certain degree, yes. But every year, players come out of nowhere to put on monster performances, elevate their stock, such as a Joe Burrow, a Jalen Hurts, and those 2020 rookie draft picks that you just threw away in your Debbie rookie drafts, because you oh, it's going to be depleted. It ain't going to meet anything. Joe Burrow, shit, if you're sitting in a super flex league and you can get Joe Burrow with the 101 or Jalen Hurts, man, don't, you can't tell me those 2020 rookie picks aren't valuable. So Joe Burrow loved his performance from the quarterback position this past week. Jacob Eason, 290 and 3, looked really good for Washington. Tua Valoa, listen here. I could just say Tua ho-hum, another performance, but no, that's a disservice to this kid. What Tua is doing to college football right now is absolutely ridiculous, and we need to stop and appreciate quarterback excellence from this kid. 293-5, and I mean, it's just surgical. He does it. He makes it look easy. He's the top-rated quarterback for me in college football, in Debbie, another fantastic performance from Tua. Matt Fink, USC quarterback. He came in in relief of Keaton Slovis, who was hurt very early, threw for 351 and 3. Like to see that out of Matt Fink. He was a talented kid coming out of high school. Don't know what SC is going to do with Slovis or Fink, but good, good performance from him. And then Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback, 224 and 2, 42 rushing yards, and two more TDs on the ground. Fields looks like a monster. He's probably QB2 right after Trevor Lawrence as far as 2021 prospects. Justin Herbert looked really good as well for Oregon. Let's transition on to the running backs. And real quick, let's just hit them. Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he did it. He had the stage to himself early Saturday morning. 23 carries, 203 and 2. Displayed speed, lateral quickness, agility. Caught a couple of passes out of the backfield. JT, some people may have him at uh, Debbie running back 1. I ain't going to knock you for that. Uh, but he is very, very talented. My Debbie RB1 is still DeAndre Swift, who only had 98 rushing yards on the ground versus Notre Dame and one touchdown. But how he won and the things that he, the, the skill set that he displayed against Notre Dame in prime time, that is why. that Those 98 tough yards are why DeAndre Swift should be the top-rated running back in college football and for 2020 rookie draft purposes. Kylan Hill. Kylan Hill is quietly just doing his thing for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. 26 carries, 120 yards, three TDs. Looked really good doing it. He's quietly just putting up a hell of a year from the running back position and one of the nation's leading rushers. Darius Anderson, running back from TCU, 19 for 161 and 2. Older prospect, but man, the Horn Frogs can't do a damn thing through the air, so they do it all on the ground, and Darius Anderson is a big reason why completely undrafted. You can probably get this guy off waiver wires in rookie drafts next year, but I liked what I saw out of Darius Anderson from TCU. Cam Akers, another workmanlike performance, 29 carries, 112 yards, three TDs. He had to earn it. I mean, you know, that's not a good yards per carry average, but Akers is just a bell cow. He's built for this kind of thing. He's tough. He's nasty in the run game, the block game. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Another great performance from Cam Akers. And A.J. Dillon out of Boston College. 32 carries, 150 yards, two TDs. Not the biggest Dillon fan, but that was a hell of a performance by him. Looking good so far early in this 2019 season. Now let's get to the Divas, the wide receivers. And who had an outstanding Saturday in college football? Let's take it to the West Coast and talk about USC wide receiver. And no, I'm not talking about Amon Ross St. Brown. Michael Pittman, 10 catches, 232 yards and one TD. Sort of the forgotten man on that USC offense. But Pittman is a very big, physical, uh, skilled, talented wide receiver. And uh, I think he put the nation on notice that he is uh, he's just a big play threat is Amon Ross St. Brown and Tyler Vaughns. LSU sophomore, Jamar Chase, 10 for 229 and four, 10 for 229 and four. And I'm telling you this kid, you know, we don't want to use comparisons, right? I, it's easy to just say, oh, he's Odell Beckham because he played at LSU and he plays at LSU, but he looks good <laughs> and he's doing it opposite of uh, Justin Jefferson. He was a talented wide receiver in his own right. Joe Burrow just wheeling and dealing out there. Jamar Chase, hell of a performance on Saturday. AGG out of Liberty. Antonio, Gandy, Golden, four for 181-2. and That is your nation's leading receiver right there from Liberty. AGG, the big wide receiver. Man, you know, another one of those quality wide receivers who will be in the second, maybe third round, depending on how astute your dynasty leagues are of rookie drafts. He's a big kid. He's talented. He's not a blazer. But when you're making catches like he makes, he made a one-handed catch. was absolutely ridiculous. AGG deserving of some DDP praise for wide receiver performances of the week. And then Alabama wide receiver Henry Ruggs III. He only had four receptions. 50% of them went for touchdowns, two TDs and 148 yards. And what's more to say about Ruggs? Speed, speed, speed speed kills. He has it. He can't be stopped. And when you've got Tua dealing the ball like he does, placing it with precise accuracy, uh, it's it's really unfair to watch how he just attacks defensive backs, how he threatens them vertically, puts pressure on DBs. It's got to be a scary sight to see him one-on-one as a slot cornerback in college football because he is going to run past you I have yet to see that man be caught from behind, and I believe his stock, NFL and uh, Dynasty, is just skyrocketing. Henry Ruggs, hell of a job this Saturday by the Bama, Bama Junior wide receiver. So let's talk about week four's biggest risers, and when I'm talking risers, everything that I'm talking about in these next couple of sections, hell, this entire show, is geared towards Dynasty. Where do I see these people fitting in on dynasty rosters here in the near future? So for dynasty Debbie purposes, the biggest week four risers for me at the quarterback position are Joe Burrow and Jacob Eason, two very talented quarterbacks that I would not at all be one bit surprised if they end up going in the first round of the NFL draft. You know, I I know that sounds crazy right now but i i don't think it's that far off. Joe Burrow right now is got to be right up there, you know, second or third leading Heisman candidate right now. I mean, what he's doing at LSU is absolutely ridiculous. He is unstoppable and he's got prototypical size, he's got arm strength, he has that charisma and moxie. Why wouldn't you take a shot on him late first round in the NFL draft? Hell, even if he's a second round draft pick in the NFL draft, he's somebody that in super flex leagues, you better get him in the end of your first round or, or mid first round of dynasty rookie drafts. Look at Daniel Jones today. People laughed at that pick by the New York Giants and Daniel Jones just went out there and absolutely destroyed Tampa Bay in his first career start. Quarterbacks are valuable. And when you've got a talented kid like Burrow, you cannot ignore what he's doing to college football and to the SEC. So Joe Burrow, one of my week four biggest risers at the quarterback position, as well as Jacob Eason. And Jacob Eason was a top five overall recruit coming out of high school when he committed to Georgia. And he is a talented thrower of the football. There were a couple of videos posted on Twitter where he threw, I think it was a deep post or deep slant in the end zone. That was just a rifle. He's got a rocket arm. He's demonstrating some of that touch. He had one bad game mixed in, I believe, versus Cal. But overall, his play this season shows why he was the number five overall rated recruit coming out of high school. And Jacob Eason is elevating his draft stock now. He is doing what he needed to do as the starter in Washington to solidify that, damn it, yes, I am an NFL draft prospect, a, a talented NFL draft prospect, and I'm deserving of consideration to be a first or second round pick in the NFL draft. And he's doing it. I know we we like to love on Jordan Love, but I would probably take Joe Burrow and Jacob Eason over Jordan Love right now, today, where we stand. They just seem to be more refined quarterbacks at this point in time. Now let's transition on to the running back position. And the first guy I'm talking about is Mississippi State running back Kylan Hill. 91 carries on the season for 551 yards and five TDs, averaging 6.1 yards per attempt. Third in the nation in rushing. He's good. (laughs) He is a tier high, high tier two running back for me right now. And I will be moving him up my rankings, but he is just a he runs angry. He runs like Marshawn Lynch He used to run, just a physical, physical runner. He's got above average speed. I've seen him catch the ball out of the backfield. Kylan Hill is definitely a riser for me. I don't know what he could uh what you can get him for right now in Debbie Leagues. I'm pretty sure that if you packaged you know, uh, um, an NFL wide receiver and a, an, another 2020 pick, you can probably go buy Kylan Hill. If you can, I would do it. Kylan Hill is somebody I want on my Debbie rosters, and I'm going to be putting out a couple of feelers to see if I can acquire him at some point in time this week. TCU running back Darius Anderson, the senior running back. Speed, looks good. it has got adequate size. Uh, he had a nice run against SMU where he just displayed power, speed, vision, contact balance. Darius Anderson is a week four riser for me. And Najee Harris. Now, let's talk about Najee Harris a little bit. He's been buried behind Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris. He's supposed to be a split time with the freshman Trey Sanders and Brian Robinson this year. But he looks like the man. He looks very, very good. And I was not overly high on Najee Harris coming into the season. I thought he was kind of just a. Average athlete, you know, big kid, 6'2, 6'3, 230 pounds. But I've saw him line up at wide receiver. He's caught the ball beautifully out of the backfield this year. I've seen him display patience, vision, power, speed, lateral quickness. What else do you want in a running back? Why do we not like Najee Harris? What, or is it that Alabama, we just get tired of seeing Alabama running backs. Uh, ho-hum, another Alabama running back. He's not that good. He's. I think Najee Harris is a riser. His skill set to be that big, to show that, that competency out of the backfield to catch the ball, as well as run between the tackles, make people miss in space. Najee Harris is a riser. And I feel a little bit better about my acquisition of him in a couple of Debbie Leagues in the second round today than I did when I drafted him earlier this summer. So Najee Harris, week four, big riser for me. Wide receiver position. We talked about all three of these guys, uh, Henry Ruggs, Jamar Chase, and Michael Pittman. I just think when Henry Ruggs gets to the combine, uh, combined with his production stats for this season, the way that he's going to test, I had a question posed to me. Could he be the number one pick, uh, the number one wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft? And to that I say Jerry Judy should probably still be that guy. But speed freaking kills. Today, McCall Hardman had a what 80-something yard touchdown catch. I mean, when you're when you're faster than everybody else, the quickest way from the line of scrimmage to the end zone is speed. I want to get from point A to point B, you know, as fast as humanly possible. And when you've got a kid that can run 4-3 or sub-4-3, that is actually talented at the wide receiver position, I wouldn't fault an offensive uh, coordinator or head coach saying, I want that guy. And Henry Ruggs, if you're looking for that guy, he is just that. So will he be the first wide receiver off the board? Don't know how that's going to play out. But as far as your quest to acquire Henry Ruggs, it's probably impossible at this point in time. But he's somebody that's rising up Uh, my rankings and as well as NFL draft rankings as well. Jamar Chase, you know, he's not eligible until 2021, but he's putting his name up there with, you know, the Justin Rosses right after Justin Ross and Amon Ross St. Brown, those type of players. Jamar Chase is a talented kid. Michael Pittman, 2020 eligible. He's not going to be a first round rookie pick. He's probably not going to be a second round rookie pick, but this is a name that you need to write down third, fourth round, if you can acquire him, he's somebody that's just going to show up to work and, and get it done, right? He's going to be, he's going to go into fall camp kind of quiet, but I think he's somebody that a couple of years after, you know, sort of hanging around an NFL team, getting sparse playing time, he's got the physical attributes and the talent to make an impact on an NFL team. So write the name down, Michael Pittman, USC. Let's talk about Devin DuVernay out of University of Texas. 5'11", 210 pounds, leads the nation in receptions with 39 for 377 yards. Physical slot receiver with sub 4'4 speed. Sam Ellinger is balling right now for the Longhorns, and his number one go-to man is Devin DuVernay. DuVernay is physical. If you want to watch a wide receiver put on a, a physical show, and you don't hear that a lot, Go watch Devin Duvernay versus LSU and he ran Grant Delpit over the number one consensus safety. Who I personally have a a little bit of question marks about. He completely trucked him twice on bubble screens. I mean, get the ball again, 5'11 210. That is a thickly built uh, slot wide receiver. He's physical, sub 4'4 speed. I'm really liking what I see out of Devin DuVernay. And he's somebody, again, that I guarantee majority of the people did not draft in Debbie, you know, three, four round drafts over the summer. So he's somebody who's going to be in your dynasty rookie draft pool that I wouldn't mind taking if I've got a late 2021st in a depleted rookie draft. Devin DuVernay is a name that you need to know. All right, let's talk about some Debbie buys right now. And and you've got some panicked owners out there. So here are a couple of players that you may want to go get that are still extra talented, but the production just hasn't been there this season. And I'm leading it off with my man out of TCU, Jalen Rager. I have touted this kid for a long time as one of the top wide receivers in the 2020 class. I, I said that if anybody were going to challenge Jerry Judy for that wide receiver one spot, it would be Jalen Rager. And Jalen Rager has a grand total of 10 receptions for 102 yards and one touchdown on the season. TCU's offense is pathetic. It is bad. It is not fun to watch. Last game, uh, Jalen Rager had two receptions for two yards. I don't understand how Gary Patterson and that offense is not scheming this kid open. He had a fantastic punt return as well as a reverse, but just getting him the ball out wide just seems damn near impossible. And I think it's gonna be he's going to be lucky if he gets anywhere near his 61 receptions from last year. But because of that, this creates the perfect buy-low window. You've got panicked owners who want to get off the boat. They're done with Jalen Rager. Go get him. If you can acquire Rager right now, I still believe that he will probably be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. That draft capital plus his production profile at a young age, I absolutely am still all aboard the Jalen Rager train. Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC. He's got 19 receptions for 207-3 and three on the season, but with Michael Pittman blowing up and the quarterbacks getting a lot of buzz and praise, there may be some people out there a little concerned about St. Brown. I am not one of those people, but I will definitely be sending offers to those individuals who are because he looks—he still looks fantastic. He's a tactician out there as a wide receiver. He's physical. He's fast. If anybody out there is freaking out about Almond Ross St. Brown go put an offer out there and acquire this kid. Now, LaVisca Chenault is another panicked owner buy for me. Now, listen, this buy comes with inherent risk. And that risk is LaVisca Chenault doesn't play much for you. And that is, I mean, that is the ultimate risk. You know, I want somebody who's going to stay on the field and stay healthy, but he just, throughout his career, this has been the knock against LaVisca Chenault. The way they use him, he was banged up last year. He's been banged up this year. He got hurt last uh, in this last game on Saturday, was out for the game. He only finished with one reception on the season. He's got 17 for 226-2. and two. When he's on the field and playing, you can see all of the things, the skills, the attributes, the speed, the physicality, the size that can make him a dynamic weapon at the next level. But your best ability is your availability, and LaVisca has not been available for Colorado. And if you can't make it through a full season in the man, as as if you're a top 15, top 20 draft pick and you're expected to be the number one in the NFL, do I really have a lot of confidence that you're going to be able to do that for 16 games out of the season? Hell, 14 games? No. But if you can get him for the low, for somebody who's just ready to get from out from under LaVisca Chenault because they are concerned, He's got the talent that is well worth the risk. So LaVisca Chenault, another panicked owner buy for me. And CeeDee Lamb. It's like all these guys who were ranked really high coming in this season. They just all have not produced this year. And it's not because Oklahoma is bad. It's not because the quarterback is bad. The quarterback is fantastic. And that's part of the problem why CeeDee Lamb only has nine receptions on the season. Now, nine. three of those nine have gone for touchdowns. He's got 229 yards. That ranks 106 nationally. I mean... He's only caught the ball nine times. Jalen Hurts is spreading it around. He's running the ball. He's a much different quarterback than Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. And I thought that CeeDee Lamb would have you know, easily 100 targets on the season. He's probably not going to crack that. You know, Oklahoma has not had to face difficult opposition so far early in this season, so I think there are better days ahead for CeeDee Lamb. But if there are owners out there who look at those nine receptions and say, I need to get out from this kid go buy him. He's going to be a a round one, round two at the latest NFL draft pick. And he's got the talent, he's got the size, and he's got the production from a freshman to to be a dominant receiver at the next level. So I would be buying CeeDee Lamb if I can get my hands on him. Now, if you are a contender, and I'm going to say some chip chasing Debbie sells. Now, listen, chip chasing, you know that you're going to win it. You're right there. You've got these guys sitting on your roster and you need to go get DeAndre Hopkins. You need to go get Nick Chubb or Odell Beckham or whomever it is. Here are a couple of, of Chip chasing and Debbie Sells. Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if his stock can get any higher than what it is after what he did against Michigan. Over 200 yards, displaying that speed, receiving ability, vision power. I know you're saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I want JT. Damn it. So do I. I want them on my roster, too. But you know what I want more? I want to win. I want to win. And if I can sell Jonathan Taylor and get an elite, not middling, not middle of the road, an elite NFL talent, I'd do it. I would do it. Now, Ray, who is elite? Who's elite? Well, if you need a running back, what, what does that mean? You know, if you need a wide receiver, what is elite? If you're playing in a tight end premium league and you can go get Mark Andrews plus, plus another RB2 or wide receiver one or two, and you you have to sell Jonathan Taylor to do that, but that solidifies your juggernaut of a team. If somebody last week said, or if somebody this week says, I'm selling Jonathan Taylor and I'm going to get Mark Andrews and Chris Godwin, you know, I, I don't have the trade calculator out in front of me, but you get what I'm saying here. If you can get that type of talent, and of course you can't just sell Jonathan Taylor for that. you probably have to package up an NFL player, I don't know, Matt Breida or somebody else. If you can get that level of young, uh dynamic, elite talent, then sell. I mean, his his stock is sky high right now. Sky high. So if you're chip chasing, JT is a Debbie sell for me. Henry Ruggs third, I think his stock is sky high too. When you're catching... 80-yard passes, when you're pulling away from defenders, when your miles per hour is being clocked at 24, and the NFL is talking about cats that are running 20 and 21, and that being elite speed, when you've got somebody like Henry Ruggs and that skill set, and you're chip chasing, sell them. Sell them. If you can get, again, I'm just using Nick Chubb because the Browns are playing right now, and that's who I see on the TV, but if you can get that level of elite talent or a, a talent that is pushing that elite status and you have to give up one. Here's the thing. Listen, we all think Jonathan Taylor is going to be great. We all think that Henry Ruggs is going to be great, but you know what? We do not know. We have no clue what they're going to be at the next level. We don't know what offensive situation they're going to fall into. You know, God forbid injuries, that stuff happens. Saquon Barkley, I, I look at him like, A machine like LeBron James just never gets hurt. Saquon Barkley doesn't get hurt. He's hopping around on crutches with a boot on his foot. Saquon? Are you serious? So as much as we like to value these college guys, there's still so much time between now and when they actually have the opportunity to even make an impact in the NFL to where if you can sell any of these guys, any of them, none of these cats should be untradeable. None of them everybody should be able to be moved for the right price. If you can get an elite talent for these college guys, do it because the name of the game is winning. And those are some two of probably a whole bunch of players that I can name that can help you acquire talent on your dynasty rosters to win right now. So if you're chip chasing, sell JT, sell Henry Ruggs, don't do it for the cheap. All right. So last segment of the show, I just want to go over some quarterbacks and sort of where I rank them. I'm not going to give you a complete list of rankings, but I'll just do the top five from each position. Right now, this is Debbie. This is not 2020. This is everything all encompassing Debbie. So right now, after week four, the way I view the quarterbacks, I've got Tua Tagovailoa at one, Trevor Lawrence, two, Justin Fields, three, Joe Burrow, four, Justin Herbert, and Jalen Hurts tied for five. So right now, In Debbie, that is my top five for the quarterback position. Running backs, I have DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, Chuba Hubbard, and Kylan Hill tied for fifth. So again, uh, DeAndre Swift, JT, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, Chuba Hubbard, and Kylan Hill, those are my top five. And you know, I have to give Aker's credit. What he's done this year, he has really impressed me and his skill set reminds me still I still am not prepared. I don't have the guts to say the comp that he reminds me of uh, uh, in the NFL. I'll do it at some point in time, but I'm re- I've really been impressed with Cam Akers. Chuba Hubbard had another 30-carry performance against Texas this past weekend. It was tough sledding for Chuba, and he had a fumble near the goal line. He had to work for every yard he got. He still got to display some of that speed on that touchdown run. But, you know, Travis Etienne, he just looks a little more explosive and powerful. But I do like Chuba Hubbard and Kylan Hill rounding out the top five for the running back position. Moving on to the wide receivers, I have Rondell Moore 1, Jerry Judy 2, Henry Ruggs, three. Tylen Wallace, four. CeeDee Lamb and T. Higgins tied for fifth. I've been cheating every time, right? I keep putting two players at five and six, but I really like what I've seen out of T. Higgins from Clemson and CeeDee Lamb. Even though he's only got nine catches, I am not concerned. He looks fantastic when he's getting targeted by Jalen Hurts. So that rounds out my top five uh, Debbie wide receivers up up to this point in time in college football. And at the tight end position, I really like what I've seen out of Hunter Bryan. He's second in the nation for yards by a tight end, as well as Jacob Breeland out of Oregon. I know Matt, one of my co-hosts over there at the Debbie Happy Hour, really likes Jacob Breeland. Brevin Jordan out of Miami. Bryson Hopkins, my other Debbie co-host, Debbie Happy Hour co-host Dwight, really likes Bryson Hopkins. And I've been impressed with this kid. He's, uh, when you're watching Rondell Moore, this is another kid that pops off the screen. My guy Grant Calcaterra hasn't done much this season. I think he's one of those players who's being affected by Jalen Hurts' rushing ability, but I still like his talent. But right now, if we're just basing it on the production and the play and what I've seen on tape so far this season, those are the four guys that I have. I really don't have a fifth. I would just be throwing uh, names out there to do that, and I do not want to do that for you guys. So Hunter Bryant, Jacob Breeland, Brevin Jordan, and Bryson Hopkins. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I hope you've enjoyed your flight. We'll be landing in just a few minutes. You know, here's the thing. You don't have to Debbie to find value in this show. If you're a hardcore dynasty leaguer, if you, you know, you, that, that is your thing. You have no interest in Devi. It's just too much. I don't want to follow those guys. I don't, I don't, I don't care. At some point in time, the players that you're acquiring in dynasty, they got to come from somewhere. So why not give your team a leg up? I say it all the time. Dynasty is a game of chess, not checkers. If you want to prepare your team for short and long-term success, you need to listen to shows like this. You need to follow people who are in tune with college football. You know, I, I understand my limitations in this community. I don't follow the super flex happenings all the time. That's why you've got the super flex super show. That's why you got super flexology to listen to. I'm not the best redraft guy. I don't know everybody that I should be picking up off the waiver wires each and every week, but I listen to those who do. And you don't have to follow and watch college football every Saturday to gain valuable information and position your team to be better. All you got to do is subscribe to the DDP. Follow me on Twitter. Follow the Destination Debbie show. Check out my written content. Interact with me. Engage with me on Twitter. And I promise you, I may not be right about all of these guys. You know, damn it, I've been wrong up to this point about Jalen Rager. His production has not been there, but the talent is and you see it on film. So while your league mates are freaking out because all they do is check the box score and they say, "Up, oh, Rager only had two catches for two yards, you listen to this, you'll know, I don't care what he had, that's somebody that I know that I want to try to acquire from my Dynasty team next year. So I'm just asking you, if you have yet to do so, subscribe to the show, leave a rating, leave a review, interact with me on Twitter, follow what's going on in the Dynasty Devi world. It's not hard. It's easy. I'm providing film breakdowns on Twitter. Uh, you know, different things in the show. If there are things that you want to hear on here that I'm not covering, you know, I don't really have a mailbag session, but section. But if you've got a question, DM it to me, and I'll see if I can get it on the show. So other than that, hey, Week Five is coming up. Uh, we'll be previewing that over there on the Debbie Happy Hour. I'll make sure that I have uh, the, the review. This will be out for you every Monday. I've got a kid on the way. Baby number two should be dropping here any day now. So there may be a little delay depending on when he comes, but uh, you will have the DDP. We're not taking breaks, baby. We're not taking breaks. I'm going to be doing the show with the baby in my arm. You may hear some noises from time to time, but I'm going to get you what you need in order to improve your dynasty roster. So, hey, that's all i got. That's the show. You know what's next. Drop the music.